Hello, friends. <laughs> what is this, a seance? Should we all be holding hands? Jesus Christ. This is the Busted Business Bureau. I'm Christian Borky, and if you're listening to this episode, it means you've made it to the finale of the Monsanto season. Woo! The Monsanto season was fucking over eight hours straight of talking about one company, and it took a lot of work. And if you want to throw money at work like this, there's a few ways. <laughs> one, the podcast is produced by the Lincoln Lodge, which is a nonprofit indie comedy theater in Chicago that's always accepting donations. Two, I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash bustedbizbureau. Or three, this isn't money, but just tell your friends about the podcast if you liked it. I worked really hard on this. Please show people. <laughs> or you can come to the live show. Or come to the live show, which is October 1st. It's going to be this Saturday, October 1st, if you're listening to this when it comes out. If you're not, it's not this Saturday. <laughs> How much are tickets and where can people buy? Tickets are fifteen dollars on Eventbrite. There's a link in the description. Yeah, it's at the Lincoln Lodge in Chicago, Illinois. You can come to one of the greatest indie comedy spots in the city. It's very beautiful. It's it's gorgeous. The fans that have come out, they've been like, "Wow, this building is massive." (laughs) It's like so cool. The Lodge. So I'm joined in this grand finale once more by the illustrious and pro late stage capitalism Blender Bluid, and to my right, I'm joined by the burgeoning indie folk duo star Amy Doe. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And then I actually wrote in the script fuck one last time I forgot nearly every episode to mention but come to my live show (laughs) (laughs) it's in bold and all caps I can see it from here Saturday October 1st if you haven't gotten tickets yet I would absolutely do so now like if you're listening to this episode it's probably too late tickets are flying (laughs) tickets are flying Blender Amy we're on the final episode and we have three shots in front of us. Uh, I would like to go uh, around. I just want to say that it is 1.15 p.m. <laughs> on a Sunday. Uh, <laughs> Blender's got a giant straw <laughs> in their shot of, what is it, Blender? What are we drinking? I'm drinking Fireball. Mm-hmm. Why are we drinking Fireball? Well, here's the thing. I don't really love the taste of alcohol, so this is uh, just cinnamon juice that I'm going to <laughs> throw directly into my bloodstream. Yum. Amy, what about you? I have room temperature vodka. What kind of vodka and how much of it? Tito's and half a shot. <laughs> I've got a full shot of Malort in front of me because I enjoy, I enjoy Malort. <laughs> okay. So a Chicago blue collar worker, I feel you. Yeah. What can I say? We gotta bring it to Blender. Yeah. There Cheers. Go. <sighs> Cheers, girls. <laughs> yum yum. If you haven't seen the videos yet, I would encourage you to check out the videos because I'm with two little weenies who do not drink. (laughs) It's like eating a Sharpie. All right, besties. You know what? I feel like uh, a devastating alcoholic right now (laughs) because they are struggling. Blender, I've got a full thing of water right here if this is of any interest to you. You you take that. You take that. I got to work a shift at the steel mill. (laughs) Yum, yum, yum. Ooh, Amy, I've also got water in front of me if that's of any interest to you. Nah, she's got water. (laughs) <laughs> She's like a cat. <laughs> Life is good. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I'm so happy that you two indulged me. Um, <gasps> one little shot before we go in. So this episode, the finale, it's going to be a few things. It's an antitrust jubilee. It's got succession-level CEO drama. It's okay. juicy. Mind you, the entire time is going to be spent dunking on Mon- uh, on buyers' acquisition of Monsanto. <laughs> but I will probably periodically be sprinkling in sobering realities of how much they still control of our global food supply. Wow. But I'm just in such a jolly mood right now, finishing this fucking season. <laughs> so if I skew too happy, remember that I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a lightning round on the history of buyer. Just bad Let's shit go. buyers done. Wee-oo, wee-oo. Found in August. <laughs> have you have you seen a lightning round? <laughs> 
No. Founded August 1st, 1863 in Germany. Bayer was one of the chemical companies during World War II that merged into IG Farben, which was the company that bankrolled the Nazi party. Oh. They supplied poisonous gases during the Holocaust, among other war crimes. They demerged and rebranded as Bayer after the war, but they did put a guy convicted in the Nuremberg trials on their board. Hmm. In the 80s, they made this drug that was supposed to treat hemophilia, which is a blood uh-huh. disease, but knowingly used high-risk blood pools to develop the medication, which wound up giving so many people HIV. <gasps> God damn! They paid out $600 million of lawsuits in the U.S., but they kept distributing it anyway in Asian and Latin American countries. Oh, my God. In the early, This is just lightning round. In the early 2000s, they made a birth control pill that, baffling me, had a mild laxative effect, which what? meant people were losing weight on it and huh. just shitting their brains out, and they loved it. Mm. However, <laughs> <laughs> however, it wound up randomly killing quite a few people did not have any such warnings of severe side effects on the labels. No idea if intentionally or not of like covering up data or whatever. This is five minutes of Googling. So that's your lightning round of buyer. There's more than that. But it's just top three. I mean, them and Monsanto are a match made in heaven. Right. They're just both awful. There's definitely more. I certainly don't have time for it. I could probably do a buyer episode that's like a clean two-hour extravaganza. You two are invited. Open invite. Hey! I'm in. in. That will not be anytime soon because I'm itching for a fun episode again. Yes. (laughs) I can't take much more Let Christian have fun again. (laughs) (laughs) So, what I did not understand about the Bayer-Monsanto merger is that it was a takeover. (laughs) Oh? Uh huh. Takes over the rakes over? A buyer was reading the market conditions of the time and had set its sights on the struggling Monsanto in the face of the now merged Dow DuPont and the ChemChina and Syngenta or whatever it is. They had dollar signs in their eyes, right? Everyone was merging and they saw Monsanto and they saw they were struggling and said, I got to get in on that. Mm. Additionally, Per the Wall Street Journal, quote, with patents on buyers' two top-selling drugs, the blood thinner Zarelto and the eye treatment Ilia, due to run out in 2023, the Monsanto deal would cushion a possible drop in pharmaceutical revenues. Mm. The extra heft would shield buyer from unwanted suitors. So that's where I know. I I honestly did not understand the last sentence. I don't know what they meant by suitors. (laughs) But you know what? This was um, Ruth Bender. Your writing is a mystery to me, Ruth, but I am enchanted by it nonetheless. Ruth Bender. Shout out. The CEO of Bayer in 2016, Marjan Deckers, did not want to acquire Monsanto. He was told of the idea and he was staunchly against it. However, he leaves in 2016 and the new CEO is Werner Baumann. He's a stock image of a guy with glasses. (laughs) Baumann has long had his eyes set on Monsanto. The Wall Street. Well,. He thought it would, I mean, as we discussed in the last episode, he thought that transitioning to a biotech life uh-huh. sciences company would yield a billion dollars more a year in profits. Right, right. Especially, actually, we'll talk about more why later, but vertical integration is basically why. Okay. Uh, the Wall Street Journal continues, quote, Mr. Ballman had been CEO for less than two weeks when he surprised Monsanto executives with his offer during a visit to the company's headquarters in St. Louis. Whoa. He had the backing of Chairman Werner Wenning, which I only mention because it's two Werners. <laughs> Too the many Werner brothers. <laughs> Monsanto, as you can imagine, was facing quite a bit of litigation around the time of the sale in 2016. The Johnson lawsuit happens 2017, 2018. But obviously, the mechanism of it is happening. Like, they know they're being sued. And... Uh, sorry to return to Carrie Gillum's book. They didn't know how big it was going to be, Monsanto. Oh, okay. They okay. did not realize how excellent of a case was being made and how mm-hmm. just devastating it was going to be for mm-hmm. Monsanto. But 
part of what happens when a company buys another one is due diligence, right? Where an acquired company sends over relevant documents, mm-hmm. including everything from HR structures mm-hmm. to employment history to pending litigation. Mm-hmm. The headline here, though, is Monsanto does not share the full scope of what they're going through to buy her. Oh, my they God. They Trojan horse this shit. <laughs> wow. Whoa. Wow. Evil to the end. <laughs> they're going out in flames, baby. <laughs> but they're hiding the flames. But they're hiding, yeah, no. They're going out in a... Um... They're like, oh, this? This is a campfire. Do you want a marshmallow? <laughs> Ooh, I like it. How apt. But I'm getting ahead of myself here. Mm. First, let's talk about the long road of buyer acquiring Monsanto in a cash-only deal of $63 billion. What does it mean when a deal is cash-only? So Versus... On a card, I guess. (laughs) My understanding of it was it means that you are literally paying money for the asset of Monsanto. Mm -hmm. It's mostly applied to like mortgages Mm -hmm. where it's like I'm taking out this loan or I'm doing this. Honestly, I don't understand it well enough to explain it. Like I I can't fluently explain it. I only read the headline of an Investopedia article about it. But it it does mean that like money is changing hands, right? Uh, and does not mean like oh you're getting this future. Yeah, you're not getting like stock. You're not getting property. Okay. You're not getting. You're so not you just stuff. take the money and walk. Yeah. Yes. And like you are no longer tied to Monsanto in any way. Yes. In terms of the money, unless you because like, it is um an acquisition. It's not a merger, but mm-hmm. in the acquisition, it's like well, some of you are obviously keeping your jobs, doing mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think it's up to Hugh Grant, the CEO, of like whether he wants to walk away, what his role wants mm-hmm. to be. He has a lot of like autonomy in that decision. Right. Mm-hmm. But yes, that is as fluently as I can explain it. It's so insane that I have a business podcast and I have no idea how business works. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. But I can understand why it would be important that it's a cash-only deal. Because if it was like stocks and stuff like Blender was saying, then that would mean that they, it matters to like the owners of the company what happens after the acquisition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... Then, if it's cash only, then once they have the money, they can just walk. Yeah. So it would make more sense that they just hid everything before yeah. mm-hmm. the deal went through. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you for explaining it because <laughs> I did not. I only have a tenuous grasp on reality at any given point. <laughs> So the main roadblock to buyer acquiring Monsanto is the U.S. government. They had received approval in a few European places to do this big merger, but, and I know this is crazy to think about, we have actual mechanisms in place to protect consumers from companies trying to form a monopoly. So true. The U.S. Antitrust Division is, unfortunately, though, incredibly inept at actually doing anything useful. (laughs) They're really more their barometer, so, like, if they actually do deny something, it's like, wow, that had to have been really bad. (laughs) I feel like that is mostly their role. Okay. (laughs) The vibe check. The vibe check. I'm sure there's good people who are trying really hard to do good stuff there, but in in essence, it is a joke of a division. (laughs) So what is vertical integration or horizontal competition? I know, it's time to get businessy up in here. Wow. Business. Forgive me for explaining this, but I genuinely had no idea what this was before the podcast. It was even explained on a BoJack Horseman episode, and I still did not understand it. (laughs) So anyways, vertical integration. So let's say you started a business, and your business is selling little succulents inside of like a horse-shaped pot. (laughs) That's your business. Okay, Christian. (laughs) Okay, whatever. I have an imagination. Don't stop me. So this is your business. Where in the horse is the succulent? Is it in the the back? Like saddle. Oh, that's cute. I think it'd be a great idea. That's merch. (laughs) Okay. Pin in that because stuff's coming later. Oh. Uh Oh. Oh. (laughs) 
So if you were to, like, vertical integration is the idea that you pay for, like, the clay to make the pot. You pay for the succulent. You pay for whatever. If you were to acquire the, like, clay factory, Mm -hmm. that is vertical integration because you're going up in the supply chain and acquiring Uh, more stuff. Okay. That way you don't have to pay money for the clay. You just have the clay. Okay. Or, you you know, you buy Trader Joe's in its entirety. You don't have to pay for the succulent that you're getting from Trader Joe's. You just have the succulent now. Yeah. So this usually applies to oil companies. They're like, mm-hmm. I own the refinery. I own mm-hmm. the gas station. I own this. Like, mm-hmm. they own every part of the process. Mm-hmm. So if buyer was to acquire Monsanto, it's like they own the seeds and they own the distribution of the seeds mm-hmm. and they own the fla- they own the patent rights. They mm-hmm. own this. They own that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's too many steps in the supply chain. Because mm-hmm. I guess vertical integration is generally referenced as a good thing unless there's too much. Then the antitrust division steps in and it's okay. like, where's the line, y'all? Mm-hmm. What yeah. is the barometer? What the fuck do you mean? Right. Horizontal competition is like, say you own a grocery store, if you bought every single other grocery store uh-huh. like, and then made a monopoly out of that because you own all the grocery right. stores, that is when that gets to be a problem, uh-huh. which is hardly – like vertical integration is mostly a thing that we deal with, mm-hmm. not horizontal competition. Mm-hmm. So, oh my god, that was so much business. How do we feel that this is the first time I've ever actually done business on this fucking podcast? That's so, cool. I think I have a, yeah, I think I, I understand. understand it, yeah. Yeah? Horizontal yeah. would be like glasses. You know, like all glasses companies are essentially owned by the same people. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how you can form like a horizontal monopoly. Whereas if you, vertical, in the case of glasses company, would be like, you own the little like hinges that make the glasses. Yeah. You also own all of the eyeglass stores. You also own like mm-hmm. all three mm-hmm. things. And if you went really far vertical, you would like own... Um, like all the places that make glass. Yeah. yeah. And like you all the places the that eyeballs. mine the metal. One of my favorite projects in college was taking an ordinary object. This is from Professor Jacob Stump. Shout out. I know you don't listen to the podcast, but that's okay. Send this to him. <laughs> but it was this project where you had to take an ordinarily household object. So most people did like a shirt or like a, a whatever and track the supply chain all the way through. Mm. I did a tampon and it was fucking awesome. I remember you talking about this and you emailed that one tampon company dude. I <laughs> did and then he responded it was a cotton company because mm-hmm. I went all the way back to cotton mm-hmm. and uh, which honestly if I went even further back I probably would have landed on Monsanto because Monsanto owns most of the cotton in this country mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was like cotton then cotton refinery place then it's like the actual tampon manufacturing place then it's like also the plastic that the tampon is wrapped in mm-hmm. like where did that come mm-hmm. from uh, so all the way through that to it's uh, and then I started using a diva cup after that that's why I started using a diva cup <laughs> micro influencing shout out to diva cups <laughs> So anyways, that is why I think I have a better understanding of vertical integration, just because I've seen the entire supply chain of a thing and like yeah. had to read about the supply chain of a thing. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, yeah, which is also why supply chain is just so obfuscated. Like It's hard yeah. to know exactly where you're getting a product, how ethical is it, whatever. Mm. Which is why I'm so paralyzed making merch, because like, if I buy a shirt from somewhere, obviously whoever made the shirt, it's probably going to be some terrible company if I get mm. like you know just blank t-shirts that I even put logos on mm-hmm. whatever that this is maybe a slight off subject about just out of curiosity mm-hmm. this has that affected your I, opinions on billionaires <laughs> how do you mean uh for instance like there's like a like jay-z has come out and be like it feels really convenient that everyone hates billionaires all of a sudden now that black people have started to become them now that's all a whole different subject on itself but do you feel like Stuff like that applies to someone like Jay-Z or Rihanna, someone who maybe has not followed the supply chain. As in, should we be critical of the fact that they probably have, like, have sanctioned some sort of labor rights abuse in order to sell their products? Like, should we be critical of them? Um, 
yeah. <laughs> I think that people have the right, like when you are a billionaire, when you are at that level of wealth, like there, you do have more power in the situation than a consumer yeah. to change that. Um, and I fully agree. I'm some I'm random lady with a podcast, and like I'm thinking about these questions. I feel like the onus absolutely is also on them to think yeah. of those questions. Now it is, you know, like hard, mm-hmm. but. It's hard because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> that up. I totally agree. Totally. So, like, I understand how one can feel. Like, if you are Rihanna and you're selling your Fenty underwear and you're yeah. trying to think of, like, a factory in, you know, Southeast Asia mm-hmm. that doesn't commit human rights atrocities, mm-hmm. that is probably difficult. And it's probably difficult to source somewhere and still make a product that is cheap and a- available to buy. Where do you draw the line? What are the yeah. concessions you make? Yeah. Is it that you have more expensive expensive product that's less popular? Is mm-hmm. it that you do commit some human rights atrocities? Like, where... What are we doing? Yeah. Uh, and then I feel like if you did make those concessions, you wouldn't be a billionaire. <laughs> it's probably how it happens. Yeah. <laughs> Look at, okay. Look at you. I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. Uh, yeah, I think that's something that some some people are do not think about. Yeah. It, it's Because it's hard to think about. And yeah. it's complicated and requires a lot of research and understanding and critical thinking that, again, mm-hmm. is like sometimes just not available to people. As in, like, you don't have the fucking time for that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not critical of anybody who like does not understand that. I am critical of billionaires because they're at the top. They have absolutely seen every single part of that. <laughs> like you were saying in an earlier episode, Blender, there's like an order in which we could criticize mm-hmm. people or like yeah. should criticize people. And I definitely feel like celebrities who have a lot of influence over like, you know, just what's in the public consciousness is definitely mm-hmm. at the top of that list, like yeah. towards the top. Yeah. That's fair. So despite massive public <laughs> pressure... <laughs> to buyer <laughs> to not approve the deal the antitrust division approves it anyway oh wow so that's in may of 2018 and in june of 2018 lee johnson's verdict is like read aloud to an astonished courtroom imagine so- like what went through the antitrust <laughs> funds not antitrust fund, <laughs> antitrust like division when that came through oh what is important that i wanted to say which is how it connected but then i read the wrong paragraph Ooh. um the antitrust division negotiates a deal for Bayer and Monsanto. They uh, say, so, uh, what's it called? Bayer had owned this round, this herbicide called Liberty, mm-hmm. and Monsanto owned Roundup. Mm-hmm. Bayer had to get rid of Liberty and sold it to BASF or whatever, mm-hmm. so that way they could acquire Monsanto. And there's a bunch of concessions made like that. Like, you can't oh, own every okay. single seed. You have to sell okay. off this seed division to somebody else. Right, right. Which uh, just wound up getting sold to other monopolies, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So that is, and also... Um, they also owned Copper Tone Sun Care lines and okay. the Dr. Scholl's shoe, in, shoe inserts. Okay. And for some reason, we're getting rid of that. I don't know if that's part of the deal, but whatever. Anyways, it's about to get real nut nut because once the Johnson stuff comes out, <laughs> here's some headlines in the preceding time that uh, once the actual news hits buyer of what they've done. Oh. Quote, worst deal ever, buyer's market <laughs> cap now close to total cost it paid for Monsanto. <laughs> How buyer Monsanto became one of the worst corporate deals in 12 charts. <laughs> Buyer investor sues top officials in disastrous Monsanto deal. Whoa. It's known as the worst fucking acquisition in corporate Man. history. <laughs> I'm imagining so poorly. I'm imagining one of the twelve charts just being a sad face. <laughs> <laughs> just someone going thumbs down. Following the Johnson verdict, buyer's sh- <laughs> buyer's share price dropped fourteen percent, which is fourteen billion dollars no. in market capitalization. Investors were fucking shocked when this stuff came out. Here's some Wikipedia grabs. So all this is going to happen in 2020, but it, this is there's like a long line to this. 
Quote, on February 14th, 2020, ooh, Valentine's Day, <laughs> Bayer was ordered to pay Missouri peach farmy Farmy. Farmy. Gotta go tend to my crappies. I'm a little baby farmer. Fuck you guys. Jacto. Beep beep. Here's my pitch for it. It's called Pitchy. It sings off pitch. It's funny. Ooh, look at me. I'm a baby. You know, we was on the bus. Go peach, peach, peach. Fork, fork, fork. There's this comment. <laughs> it's just a baby with a fork. <laughs> There's this common sense of online that's like you make one typo in the group chat. That's all you, t- <laughs> that's all you talk about for months. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> in 2020, Bayer was ordered to pay Missouri You're the one Peach. who made us do shots before. <laughs> hey, dummy. <laughs> We're drunk. The fact that you two are drunk We're on Sipping one shot of Fireball and half a shot of Tito's. <laughs> you two are ridiculous. Oh, they had to pay him $15 million in damages as a result of the destruction of his peach trees, which was caused by Decamba, which we haven't even talked about on the podcast. Okay. Was, Decamba? Deca- yeah, it was even more lawsuits regarding Decamba. It was another product which Bayer acquired from Monsanto. Bayer also inherited the lawsuit from Monsanto as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, God. Bayer. In June 2020, Bayer agreed to settle up to $400 million for the 2015 to 2020 crop year Decamba claims. Also, the company in 2020 reached a deal to settle the roughly $100 thousand pending roundup lawsuits oh. for nearly ten billion dollars. Oh my god, they're getting robbed blind. And then they failed to win the court approval because they said, "Can we just set aside two billion dollars for future lawsuits?" And the court said, "No." <laughs> <laughs> you don't think two billion dollars is gonna be enough? Yeah, they, nah. they literally said no. In June 2020, Bayer agreed to pay eight hundred million dollars to settle lawsuits from a variety of jurisdictions which claimed contamination of public waterways with PCBs pre 1978. Ooh, so wow. we're dealing with 1978 shit, like all of it just keeps coming back and back. Everything. Overwhelm. It's like a tsunami. Rain <laughs> on <litigation>. me. <laughs> Rain on me. <laughs> 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 Hello. On November 25th, 2020, uh, U.S. District Judge Fernando M. Olgin rejected Bayer's settlement offer, which was now $650 million, and allowed all Monsanto-related lawsuits involving PCBs to proceed. Whoa. <laughs> so like, more. More. Jesus more. Christ. Well, I picked uh, three PCBs. just because rule of threes. Okay. I know all of these are from 2020, and hindsight being 2020. Um, Uh-oh. <laughs> Bars. Someone's rapping. The overwhelming pile of Monsanto cases hits investors like a fucking truck. As Ruth Bender in the Wall Street Journal uh, continues, quote, at the company's, oh God, this is crazy, at the company's general meeting in April, shareholders withdrew confidence in Mr. Bauman. So they had the first ever no confidence vote in German like stock exchange history. Whoa. They, they were like, you made such a bad decision that you're not allowed to make any anymore, in my opinion. Yes. Wow. That's like what shareholders will do. They will say, we don't think you are running the company well. We are ousting you. Get the fuck out of here. He still like works there. I guess like they just worked it out, but they held a vote of no confidence because it was so bad. <laughs> Imagine making one such yeah. bad decision in your life. And being so, he was so set on it. Like, he was yeah. set for years on uh, sites on Monsanto. God. He was getting fleeced out here. 
the buyer. Oh, the reason why he kept his job is because they hired an additional legal advisor and boosted oversight of its legal issues, bowing to pressure from the investors. Because the investors were like, we like money and we're losing so much of it. <laughs> and so he's like, okay, I'll hire one smart friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you understand? I don't know if you two have seen Succession. I know you've seen yes. season one. Succession? I'm not. Well, there's this vote of no confidence in Logan. Uh, and it's the most dramatic fucking scene in the show. It's so, oh, it's over the top. Anyways. It's very good. In 2020, a buyer investor sues the board and other company officials because she was so mad. She was like, all my money's gone because you guys <laughs> suck so bad at your job. From a write-up in the Claims Journal, quote, the German chemical giant had been, quote, engulfed in a tsunami of litigation, eroding buyer's share value, Rebecca Hausman said in the suit filed Friday in the New York State Court in Manhattan. She demanded compensation and punitive damages, as well as disgorgement of pay for executives who helped arrange the deal. <laughs> 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 like, I have no money, so you should have no money. Exactly. Like, it was that bad. <laughs> you hurt my rich feelings. Fix it with a money band-aid. <laughs> so it's a little bit, like, hilarious to watch this circus play yeah, out. Yeah, this is great. Maybe this person is secretly a good guy. It's like, Whoa. Who's, like, standing up for the little guys? Yeah, it's like, let's ruin two companies at once. Yeah, let's, like, attack from both the top and the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like hysterical to watch this because I didn't even mention the Decamba thing. Like things that you don't even know about are coming up. Um, that's how deep this Monsanto rabbit hole goes. Yeah. And it's fun to enjoy the moment now, but ultimately, ugh, sorry to make this sad. This will never destroy buyer. They're never right. going bankrupt. Yeah. This is just like basically the money they paid for Monsanto and expected to return. They just like wash. It's a mm -hmm. net zero thing. It was mm -hmm. a $63 billion waste of time mm -hmm. is what it was, mm -hmm. which is hilarious. I love a waste of time, but... <laughs> I mean, they still, it's not justice, it's not comeuppance, it's just corporate shenanigans and fuckery in the face of untold human misery. <laughs> but, you know, how fun was that? Did, did we have fun? Yeah, that was, was fun. A roller coaster. <laughs> so to put a sad coda on it, Buyer is, oh, sorry, Buyer is currently on a winning streak vis-a-vis -vis mm. roundup lawsuits, at least as of September 2022, they've won like five in a row. Boo. Really? Yeah. So... A question is, how much of the food supply do they control? What is Monsanto's legacy? Yeah. A hugely sobering number is that there's basically four companies that control 50% of the world seed supply. Whoa. <laughs> I, that sounds right. It's ChemChina, the Dow DuPont Company, which is Corvetta, Lima Grain, and Bayer. Bayer alone controls like 25% of the world seeds. The companies... <laughs> they also control 75% of the world's pesticide market. And obviously these numbers are like ham-fisted and hard to understand exactly, but let me show you an unreal image from a source that I'm going to criticize in a second. This is like all seed companies, and these are like the four that own them. <laughs> Christian's just pointing at a lock of her hair. <laughs> so this is from the Genetic Literacy Project, this like thing, which is generally pro-GMO. Mm -hmm. Like that's the, it's like a dog, not a dog whistle website. It's like a intentionally scientific seeming website mm. that is funded entirely by like corporate mm -hmm. interests. Their number one funder that they have displayed on their website is Buyer. <laughs> like, so it's a site that also takes every opportunity it has to dunk on this woman named Vandana Shiva, who's been conspicuously missing from this podcast. She's mm -hmm. a huge anti-GMO advocate mm -hmm. and generally a badass lady. She's okay. a scientist in India who was really radicalized by the Bhopal gas factory explosion, which is the highest death count of like an accident of that sort of kind in human history. Mm. She spent her entire life advocating that the so-called Green Revolution is an act of violence against small farmers in the global south, specifically India. Mm -hmm. She's been missing on the podcast just because she has such a volume of work and mm -hmm. I wanted to like I didn't have the time to actually go through it and mm -hmm. talk about the things she wants to talk about or accurately 
portray her points. Mm-hmm. But she's uh, featured a lot in Marie Munich Robbins' The World According to Monsanto, so mm-hmm. I'd highly recommend checking out her work. Anyways, the Genetic Literacy Project takes every opportunity to be like, Vandana Shiva is like anti-corporate, anti-GMO, eco-feminist. Bad, bad lady. Don't like her. Well, it was like those three things, and I didn't realize it was criticizing her until the next sentence, where it's like, she responded to these accusations by blah, blah, blah. Mm. It's like, accusations of being <laughs> anti-corporate, anti-GMO, and eco-feminist? Right. <laughs> it's like, you're not, she's not actually that? Yeah, I was like, what? It's <laughs> like, that's been alleged against me many times, and I've enjoyed it. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, she has a lot of work talking about the nuances of, like, politics, poverty, global food supply, violence, etc. So, now that my random tangent on Vinayana Shiva is done, I wanted to mention one last time uh, a thing I found in an article about seed monopolies. One of the things that Shiva is a fervent advocate against is what she... I don't think she coined this term, but agricultural colonialism, mm-hmm. right? Where we have this supply of seeds, us, the colonizers, mm-hmm. uh, sell them to the people in the global south, and then we control financially and mm-hmm. genetically mm-hmm. all of the things going on down there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a bio-colonialism that is hard to fathom if you lived, like, 100 years ago. So the, these companies are controlling life on Earth by patenting seeds and selling the ingredients of life. And in this random article about seed monopolies, I found one of the coolest projects that people are doing right now. It's called the Open Source Seed Initiative, which draws inspiration from open source software. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar? Like computer code that's available for anyone to use, mm-hmm. distribute, modify, do whatever. So it's open source seed varieties that are freely available and widely exchanged. Oh. Like people are bootlegging seeds. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> and just giving them out. Like it, it's so cool. So in lieu of a conclusion to this random, bizarre little section that I went on, it's now time to move on to the awards part of this podcast. We have just sat around for eight fucking hours talking about Monsanto, and I'd like to reflect on it by giving out some awards. Let's do it. So Amy, Blender, y'all have thought about these awards. Yep. Amy's created a Google Doc. I have. These are my sources for this episode, which was like six pages long. It's actually just uh, uh, a manifesto of incels. (laughs) Yeah, it's a hit list. Interesting. (laughs) It's what we're doing after this. I'm surprised at how long this episode is. I didn't realize I'd actually eat up some time doing this one before the award show. You had a lot to cover. Yeah, well, look at us go. So, yeah, being on this podcast and... uh, being here for eight hours, sometimes it's easy to forget some of the stuff that happened. Mm-hmm. But Amy, would you like to host this award show? I would love to. Okay. Welcome, everybody, to the first annual Pokemon Santo Awards. I am your host, Amy Doe. Ooh. I am joined by uh, the voting committee and audience, uh, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Christian Borgi and Blender Bluid. Um, we are going to start with, well, I guess my question is, what would you like to start with? I enjoyed the order you had it on there. Okay. But if you'd like to go out of order at any point. No, we will We will do it in the order. Um, so our first award mm-hmm. name is Shortest King. <laughs> oh, um, we've had a couple. Yeah, we've had a couple of short kings. Um, the nominees are Edgar Monsanto. Um, and that's the only one I have in the Google Doc. <laughs> <laughs> now, you could put, this is Shortest King, yes. which yeah. by default is, in fact, Edgar Monsanto. I <laughs> believe he's five foot. Five foot seven. Okay. Five foot seven? Yeah. Ooh, Lee Johnson. He's tiny. He's, t- he's a sweet little guy. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> shout out to our Shortest King. Uh, thus concludes our first award. A- excellent. Um, our second award is Yasin Slay, parentheses good. Uh-huh. Um, and I wrote out the list, uh, like, referring to everyone as what I remembered them as, and then Christian then went through and actually gave them what 
their names were. <laughs> yes. Um, our first nominee is Percy Percy Schmeiser, also that one farmer who had the movie made about him with Zach Braff as the evil lawyer. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you want to discuss while you talk about the nominees? Yeah, we can discuss. Okay. So Percy Schmeiser spent his life standing yeah. up to Monsanto up until his death in 2020, 2020 is when he died. Yeah. Uh, global advocate for not patenting seeds. Accidentally had seeds spilled on his farm and then died mad about it. Yeah, I think that's pretty awesome. My slide. only thing about him is I feel like we now have a better farmer mm. to put on the list. Fair. Actually, I, I can think of two better farmers we can put on the list. So right. Real for that. Um, there's also the Roundup lawsuit lead plaintiff, Lee Johnson. Shout um, out. Shout out. And also uh, Dr. Richard Burroughs, the guy who loved cows. Oh. Harvey Milk. <laughs> Not this. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's a connection. That was a good. Uh, I, that was so fucking funny. If, this is gonna be so unintelligible if you skip the bovine growth hormone episode, <laughs> which is why you should go back and listen to all of them before listening yeah, to the awards ceremony. Absolutely, yeah. Um, because there will be more retrospective moments throughout this award ceremony. <laughs> um, our next nominee is the nurse from the hospital in Vietnam, Fong. Ooh. Oh, that's a good great one. French. Uh, she has uh, respectable French. Oh, okay. Sorry. It's not impeccable. It's respectable. Yeah. Um, our next is the lead plaintiff on the PCB Monsanto oil spill case, Francis Kemner. Ooh, the old lady was like, we gave Monsanto a licking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and our next one is the balls of a racehorse Asian orange lawyer, Yannacone. <laughs> yeah, balls of a racehorse. Race <laughs> I feel like he's, like, I feel like Yannacone has already kind of gotten his dues, mm-hmm. uh, because being referred to in public as having the balls of a racehorse, I feel like that's a W is a W enough. Right. Where I don't know if um, he is sufficiently Yasinslay. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um, our next nominee is uh, Ignacio Chapella, uh, published Mexican corn study despite threat of being canceled. Yes, and then he was canceled. <laughs> That's a lot of nominees. Super fucking canceled for that one. <laughs> and our next nominee is Marie Moni Grobin. Pretty awesome. Slay. Pretty, pretty, pretty awesome, awesome slay, I would also say. Um, there's also the Honey Lady and the California Mom. Yeah. Ooh. I have my vote locked in, but I want to hear what you two think. Okay. I personally am throwing my hat in the ring for Marie Moni Grobin. Okay. okay. Uh, uh, any reasons why? Because I feel like um, compiling sources and putting it together in book form is very awesome slay sure mm-hmm. um and i also appreciate the fact that she is french um <laughs> and wants the world to know that she is french uh while also speaking truth to power all right yeah. i gotta go with harvey milk dude. <laughs> nice legs loves cows dr richard burroughs yeah okay i'm sorry my hat was in the ring for fuang no. Wow. I'm a big Fong stan. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. I think that. she's the biggest Yasin Slay to me. That's a pretty good Slay. But if I had to go, so if I'm the arbiter here, you know, my opinion doesn't matter. I'm simply the. Well, okay, but like, why Fong out of all of these Yasin yeah. Slays? There's something so touching to me about the fact that she is just going through her daily life doing the work. Mm. And not to say that anyone else on the list is right, not. They right, simply right. are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there was something specifically about her, about how well cared for the children at that hospital were, yeah. about how much she has studied the science, yeah, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Because she was explaining to Marie Monique Robin uh-huh. literally how this works. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I also, like, 
the way that Marie Monet Robin writes her, like a sky blue uniform or whatever. Yeah. Like it, it just stuck in my head. Yeah. The images have stuck in my head. I, I would agree with that. You know what? I'm going to change my vote. Yeah. I'm going to go with Fong. All right. I'm Shout out to Fong. Fong, Fong winner, wins. Winner of the Busted Business Bureau Yas and Slay Award. Yeah. Um, for the Monsanto season. <laughs> uh, our next is uh, moving on to the grossest thing. Ooh. I know what mine is for sure. Um, so. so our nominees are the Wormy Milkshake, <laughs> the Bones Falling Out, yeah. the Chloracne, um, the fact that Saw J Illinois is called so that So J yes. and pronounced like how white moms say Target. <laughs> um, bankrupting small town farmers for fun, the for the record Monsanto blog, emaciated horses, mastitis, and John F. Queenie having to be a full time employee at the age of twelve. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Ooh, okay. I know everyone's going to say worm milk. And here's my <laughs> argument against worm milk. Okay. Is that was not Monsanto's fault. Like worm milk was a way to talk about Monsanto's right, right. It other was a device. Milk. It was a device. It was, it was a, a narrative device. device. Yeah. And so I guess it happened on this podcast. So is this like the Pokemon Santo Podcast Awards or is this the Monsanto Awards? This is the Monsanto Season Awards. So I would mm. say that it contains anything yeah. that has been said or referred to or has surrounded the environment of this podcast. Yes. I'm getting okay. so heated I rolled my sleeves up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> okay. I will let you two vote first then. I've never been grossed out by anything more than wormy milkshake, <laughs> man. In the world, right. I, I think it was so like that image has stayed yeah, in here. I just no, it's so nasty. It's bad. For what it's worth, my vote would have been for bones falling out, but I will accept that's, that's my number two. For yeah, sure. yeah, runner up. Bones Fallen Out, uh-huh. but the grossest thing yeah. winner in the Pokemon Santa Awards is for sure the Wormy Milkshake. Bones Falling Out to me was hard because I couldn't exactly picture it. Um, it's such a horrifying sentence that you I just can't, don't understand it. Yeah. yeah. Mm, but you understand Worm Milk. I understand milk. Worm Milk and I am disgusted. <laughs> um, I'm having so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to have more fun because the next category is Top Life Events and World Events that have occurred while recording this season. Slay. Oh, shit. Um, we have a lot of nominees. Okay. okay. The first is the death of Queen Elizabeth II. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the second is Harry Styles spitting on Chris Pine. Yep. That was up there. That was for you. Um, that was up there for me. The third one is the negotiations and subsequent um Diversion of a national railroad strike. Ooh, okay. yep. Go unions. That's still kind of happening, been, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, the deal was reached yesterday. Oh, okay. I didn't, pff, I'm yeah. uninformed. I'm ignorant. Um, Railroads. And so there was the railroad strike. Um, Phantom of the Opera closed on Broadway. <laughs> okay. I put that one in there. <laughs> um, Nerd. There was the funny girl drama with Leah Michelle. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, nice. Corn Kid. Ooh. Um, Serena Williams retired from tennis. Oh. Uh, and Nobel Peace Prize winner, last leader of the Soviet Union, and overall icon, Mikhail Gorbachev, died at 91. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Biden's student loan shit happened. Ooh, that's right. So. The FBI searched Mar a Lago. Oh. <laughs> wow. And uh, the jury award awarded $45.2 million in punitive damages in the Alex Jones Sandy Hook trial. Oh, I didn't know that happened. I knew the trial was happening. I didn't yeah. realize that that was what we yeah, no. came to. Yeah. Um, personally, 
my vote for top life event is the death of Queen Elizabeth II, but I don't know if we want to give any airtime to the original colonialists mm. or the original colonizers in this. Yeah. Uh, so I am also open to throwing my hat in the ring for Corn Kid. <laughs> yeah. I'm stuck between Corn Kid and Serena. Ooh, interesting. These are interesting avenues to take. I I was going to say Phantom of the Opera closing up. <laughs> you fucking nerd. 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 Look nerd alert. Dork. Look at this geek over here. Now, I know the thing that you wrote in there that you have conspicuously not yeah. said. <laughs> and you are right to say that. However, that is the only thing I've been thinking about. Uh, okay. Wait, is the thing that I know? Yes. Okay. Because that's actually number one That for me. is the, yeah. the number one is a secret one that you guys yeah. don't yeah, know. Number one is a secret, and a close second is the death of Queen Elizabeth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My next category is one that I wrote literally this morning, so I don't think either of you have seen it. No, but let's Um, improvise. The category is notable ad lib quotes from the scripts this season. (laughs) I went back through every single one of the scripts, and all the quotes that I am about to read are literally written verbatim inside of the documents that Christian reads from while we are recording the podcast. Oh fuck! The first one. (laughs) I'm about to get uh, is inferring uh, is the from the first episode referring to So Jay. This is in parentheses. Can you guys make jokes as to what this town was like? Strong contender. Strong contender. Oh, I feel like I'm about to get dragged. Um, the second is about dioxin. Quote, the actual name is like 2,4,5-T, some dumb shit, but the poisonous element in it is dioxin. I'll keep saying that even though that's technically incorrect. Does that make sense? Like, dioxin is just an active ingredient and the main focus of controversy, but the product is not called dioxin. Okay, anyways. <laughs> Our third one is about veterans impacted by Asian Orange and is in all caps. Bones fell off. Sorry, can't come into work. Bones fell off today. My skeleton stopped being hard. Can't come in today. Christ. With four exclamation points. Yeah, I was was on something when I wrote that. Um, Our next one is about a child born with birth defects caused by Asian Orange. He definitely could sit up if he wanted to, but he prefers to watch the super high up TV like he's a character in Family Guy that just got thrown off a building. He slays. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a couple more. This one is about Russell Bliss and his oil blasting. <laughs> Quote, like, never has one guy had one of the most profoundly negative environmental footprints since Thomas Mig- Midgley Jr. And I love this because it assumes that we all know who he was. <laughs> the fact that you guys don't know who Thomas Midgley Jr. is, is a, 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 a I'm sorry, what? <laughs> that's, 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 what, what is it? It's a failure of <laughs> yeah, okay. the education system in the United yeah, States. Yeah, well, um, go back to New York. <laughs> for myself and literally everybody else, he is the patent holder for the products and chemicals that are responsible for both lead poisoning and the hole in the ozone layer. Yes. Uh, household name. <laughs> yes. Uh, literally. <laughs> um... Our next uh, nominee is about Soda Springs. Uh, this is in parentheses and in all caps. It all comes back to a fucked up road. <laughs> nice. Ooh, I like that one. Um, and the next one is collectively from one episode. I would like these to be taken as an aggregate. Okay. Um, the first one is, isn't it fucking nut nut? Shady boots and monster corn. <laughs> 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 I feel so exposed right now. <laughs> and our final one, um, actually our penultimate one, because there's two more, okay. um, is about Dr. Burroughs and Dr. Wiley, who spent most of their time trying to whistleblow about the dangers of vobine sumatrotropin uh-huh. and toxic food additives, respectively. Uh, quote, 
It is striking to me how passionate they each are about the respective areas of study and how they try to do good work in their fields over their lives. Dr. Burroughs has functionally removed himself from the internet and the public eye, reasonably so, and if he's listening to this random podcast for some reason, I want him to know that I also appreciate his contributions to society. Oh, you picked a sweet one. And the last one is, <clears throat> quote, I am, a barber, I am a bartender who made eight hours of Monsanto content. Please give me a little bit of money as a treat. <laughs> <laughs> Quick reminder to support Christian on Patreon. Wow. That was, uh, I feel like I just listened to the whole season again. <laughs> yeah, so that was a fun little retrospective as a treat for all of us who listen to all eight episodes. Do we have a winner? I'm going number one. Number one, can you guys make jokes as to what this town was like? Yes. Yeah. I'm also going number one. <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, our winner for notable ad-lib quotes from the script this season is about SoJ, Illinois, parentheses. Can you guys make jokes as to what this town was like? <laughs> I think it's also perfect that we did not pronounce it correctly up until the end. <laughs> uh-huh. God, being wrong till the end. Yeah, that is us. Yeah, baby. Um, the next category is pre uh, best pre-recording foods we had this season. Ooh, Lucy's. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Lucy's. Lucy's. Yeah, shout out to Lucy's in Roscoe Village. I it, ate there this morning. Oh, oh shit. Okay. amazing. I, I know. I had time to order pickup and then scuff it down in my car. <laughs> um, our next category is best sources cited this season. Uh, and Christian said that uh, her favorite was the autobiography of Harvey Washington Wiley, despite it having nothing to do with Monsanto. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I think I should give the flowers, though, to Marie Monique Robin. You know, she's been nominated That's a few great. times. Yeah. It's time to give her the flowers. Marie yes. Monique Robin, best source cited. Yes. Um, and you also said that I am proud of the fact that most of the substantial sources were women. Uh, yes. We just do it better. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I can name off the head. Marie Monique Robin, uh, Carrie Gillum, Ellen Griffith Spears, Deborah Bloom, uh, Ruth Bender. Mm -hmm. Who the fuck else? Anyone else down there I missed? Nope. Ah, damn, look at me go. Damn, You're okay. great. You're on a roll. Uh -huh. um, our next category is best producer. Oh. I have an idea. Yeah. I feel like I have only, I, I can only I, think of one who person. Who could it be? I mean, literally, I can only think of one name. It is, in fact, Christine. Christine! Whoa. Christine! Thank you, Christine. <laughs> who has been subjected to everything that we have, uh, yeah. all the human horrors. And um, then she doesn't get to process it out loud. No. She just has to sit there and listen. <laughs> Thank you for always turning down my headphones. <laughs> They're always so loud. Um, our next category, uh, if you have been commenting or interacting with Busted Business Bureau content over the course of this season, uh, this category is for you. Uh, it's best listener comment or reaction. Yeah. Um, now, I would say I kind of failed in my nomination process. I should have scoured way more because I've been getting a lot. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but... What can I say? A girl's busy. I I was down to the wire on these last two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, how how do you think uh, the reception has been for this season as opposed to previous ones? Oh, it's just unbelievable. Like, uh, unbelievable the difference. People are like, whoa, it feels like you really found the footing of the podcast or whatever. Oh, cool. And how are you feeling in terms of, like, the research process and doing something that's a little bit more long form? Well... You know, some of the episodes uh, really got down to the wire of when they were due. <laughs> I also had like a life event happen right last week, so it was just like harder to do it. But then I squeezed out like 11 pages in what was uh, about six hours, mm -hmm. which is a lot. And then Slight. I did the entirety of today in about two hours. 
Wow. So here we are. I'm proud of you. You've been yeah, working hard. Thank you. You've been working hard on this podcast for a long time. You know, we were both fucking season one veterans. <laughs> you two are uh, season one veterans. Yeah. I hope it's gotten better since that. <laughs> oh. I, look, I've always had fun listening yeah. to your podcast. It's never been years. bad. Oh. I'm just excited that you're getting all the flowers and, you know, rewards and, and just do that you've been deserving for a long time. I'm glad this podcast is so successful. I'm glad you've built a, a community of listeners who are supportive, who are vocal, uh, who celebrate you as much as you should be. Because you're one of my greatest friends, and I love you. I love you, too. <laughs> um, our first nominee is from Instagram. <laughs> A comment on one of the reels uh, saying they were painfully enjoying this season. Give me a... Um, And our second nominee is a quote uh, from a Patreon DM. My professor asked the class what a Superfund site was on this podcast and... Oh, my professor asked the class what a Superfund site was and this podcast prepared me so deeply. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, and our third nominee, final nominee, is, quote, this season feels like I'm being let in on the gossip from the girlies while also learning terrifying shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I feel like painfully enjoying. Yeah, that, re- that really, succinctly says it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out to that. Um, and the next category is which episode was your favorite and why? Ooh. <sighs> I got to hear what hard. you two say. Oh, no. That's hard. I think I like the first one. Hmm. OG yeah. enjoyer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it was like the beginning. It's all gone downhill for you. <laughs> <from there. laughs> no, I like, I don't know. I, I think that it was the one that I was most nervous to record. Mm. Um, but also I remember having a lot of fun shooting the shit about then Sajet, now Sojay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I think it really set the scene for the rest of the season. And like I, I felt like I was really incorporated into the process, and so personally, being a guest, like that first, the feeling of that first episode, um, like really put me at ease. Hmm. Oh. But in terms of content, I think um, we're milk. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Remind me what episodes four and five were. Episode four was the roundup episode, yeah. so that was Monsanto's legal arm. Yeah. Episode five, bovine growth hormone. Uh. That's tough. It's one of those for me. Really? Episode four was the most depressing, but Plum Guy has just has never <laughs> left my Plum memory. Guy really just stuck in your it's consciousness. Really, I, like, I want to get this man some plums. Oh, wait, no. Um, was Plum Guy episode three? Plum Guy was episode three. Was it episode three? Oh, never mind. Yeah, because that would have been the environment episode. <laughs> yes, episode three. I'm going to episode three. All right. I think episode two was probably my favorite, which has been... I I voted Fwong as the top <laughs> award. Like, right. Uh, that or the bovine growth hormone episode. Mm, Those yeah. are both good ones. Yeah, yeah. bovine was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> bovine went <laughs> bovine went moo. <laughs> yeah. Wow, all right. So we're doing the exact halfway point, bovine growth hormone? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Wow. Yeah, I agree with that. It's like a bell curve of content like of quality. <laughs> yeah. well, it's, it's like the climax, you know? In Aww. terms of like if you wrote it out as like a structure. Well. Um this next one is just what do you think is the main takeaway from the Monsanto season? Mm. It's not even an award, it's just a discussion question. <laughs> okay. Cuz for me the main takeaway is that you got to dig. Mm. If you want to know you got to dig. Um because before I like agreed to be a seasoned guest and like learned all this stuff, Monsanto was just kind of like a vague buzzword. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it makes me curious as to like 
what other uh, demons lurk uh, <laughs> behind the curtains of words that just exist in our everyday lives. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is, this won't be news to either of you two since I've probably I've said it to you after the show a few times. But for the for the listeners, my biggest takeaway is that I'm I'm a really a big believer in that there's that people aren't truly evil. People make mm-hmm. mistakes. People don't think about themselves. People can sometimes find them space in, uh, themselves in spaces where they're being more selfish and not thinking about others. But I'm, I rarely believe that anyone is just truly, absolutely just wants to bring the worst on to other people. Mm-hmm. This, I, this, it's unfortunate, but this has really made me believe that there is just true evil in the world. <laughs> I, I, Brave words I from a supervillain. <laughs> I'm sorry. This pure evil. I can't. There's no justification. The world is sometimes irredeemably bad. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me give you my main takeaway, which has been at the end of the last few episodes, is that there's always someone out there fighting the good fight. I think this is also why the Bovet Growth Hormone is my favorite episode. Um because for as many people work at Monsanto, just cogs in the machine and don't care, don't do mm-hmm. research, like actively choose bad. Yeah. There's just as many people out there who care, who advocate for others, who help others, who are doing good works for the world. And it's so easy to become cynical about the world that we live in. And that is one of the things I've tried to remember most is that the helpers are there. We've looked for the helpers. We found the helpers. And... You know, overwhelming structural violence while boring and not sexy to research still can yield incredible, incredible feats of the human soul. Yeah. Um, and yeah, people are fighting the good fight, I think, is my main takeaway of this podcast. The helpers need to get some fucking Batman weapons or something. Because... Yeah. <laughs> the, actually, the thing I took away is I need a Molotov cocktail and I need to go to St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, 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 allegedly. (laughs) And thus concludes our Pokemon Santa Awards. Yay! Who is your favorite Pokemon Santa? Ooh, yeah. Hmm. Just winner overall, yeah. e- good are, or evil. Who are you taking out into the field to to become a Pokemon Santo champion? Oh, fuck. A Pokemon Santo champion? This is a, a long list of people who it could be. Uh, are we thinking most evil? Do, can we go most evil? Yeah, most we evil. can go most evil. Whoever thinks is going to win the Pokemon Santo battle. Ooh. Most evil for the Pokemon Santo battle. Let's see. If I had to set my sights on anybody, I think... Oh! Uh, I said it very early on, but Charles Allen Thomas, mm. the Where's Waldo of warmongering, mm-hmm. who helped invent the atomic bomb, helped uh, make Agent Orange popular, mm. and <laughs> died dumb and yeah. <laughs> mad. I don't know Evil. if I have anything that can counter that. You can. <laughs> you can uh, try. Well, mine is a pseudo-legendary uh, <laughs> and someone who I was literally probably one of the last people I was expecting to be in this at all. I'm going Johnny Cock. Johnny Cochran. Johnny Cochran, Ooh, you know what? Okay. That is so fair. That's okay. my Pokemon Wait, if you're Santo. going Johnny Cochran, then my Pokemon Santo is... Clarence Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Truly two two names I did not expect to hear any of this recording. <laughs> yeah. Supreme Court unfortunate unfortunately Supreme Court justice. Yeah. 
Clarence Thomas. I think, honestly, you might beat the two of us. Yeah, <laughs> like, that, currently yeah, sitting was, for life. That one came out of left. On Scott. <laughs> Continues to make <laughs> bad decisions yeah. on behalf of all of us. Just because, fuck, man. Papa knows best. <laughs> <laughs> Papa knows bust. Papa knows busted business bureau. <laughs> this has been the final episode <laughs> of the busted business bureau. Wow. Ever. I, ever. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> no, I'll make season four at some point. Uh, th- uh, probably this year. I want to do like a once a quarter season thing. Hell yeah. Like businessy. Q1, yeah. Q2, Q3, Q4. <laughs> yeah. Which if I do one in Q4 at the end of the year, then bang, bang, we're on our way. Bang, bang. I was thinking of the Jesse J. Ariana Grande Nicki Minaj song. Anyways. Are you going back to the episodic? Yeah, I'm probably going to. Oh my God, I can't do this again. <laughs> If I'm going to do a multi-parter, it'd be like a two-parter or whatever. I think my Q3 yearly episodes will be like a eight-parter sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Not eight-parter, you know what I mean? Like yeah. a deep dive. Yeah. But Q1, Q2, and Q4, I'm thinking episodic. Yeah. I've been telling people, I was like, yeah, uh, I was kind of surprised when Christian was like, it's going to be eight episodes. But I'm like, they did a lot of bad shit. Yeah. And I left shit out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next year will also be Monsanto. Oh my god, what if we did parts 9 through 16? <laughs> Honestly? I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be kind of fun. Monsantos are back. <laughs> you gotta get your yearly Monsantos in. <laughs> Alright, everybody, come to the live show October 1st, uh, 2022 at the Lincoln Lodge. You'll see, it's not gonna have anything to do with Monsanto. It's gonna be a completely uh, different thing. The guest is gonna be my mom. <laughs> yeah, and I will also be there and Amy pictures yes so be in the crowd (laughs) just somewhere hiding (laughs) you'll never know you'll You'll get one dollar you'll never know their identity (laughs) 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 yeah come to that follow busted biz bureau um patreon but more importantly it's time to follow blender bluid on everything (laughs) (laughs) and you can also follow me on instagram if you want oh we can yeah you can you finally opened up to them yeah i feel like we've finally got here now okay I've also I maybe have come up with a name for my next EP. I think <gasps> I am gonna call it the Them Allen EP. <laughs> them Allen. Hopefully it'll be out by the time you listen to this. All right, a stream Blender Bluids music on Spotify. Oof, I am sweating. <laughs> stream Blender Bluids music on Spotify. Follow them on Instagram. Uh, do all the things. Follow the YouTube page. You gotta click the links. You, you gotta, gotta go to the shows. You gotta go. <laughs> do your research. Do a deep dive. Into Blender Bluet. Do a deep dive. Get to the story. Mm-hmm. Follow him on Instagram. And thank you all so much for listening to this this eight-part journey into the abyss. Hope the views were good. Hope to see Congratulations on making it to the end. Yeah. Because yeah. it feels like a real oh, trick. Do you guys want to know how many words and how many pages this yes. was? Yeah. Yes. Okay, I have a Google Doc that I'm pulling up in front of me. So It's actually not a Google Doc. It's just a brick. <laughs> <laughs> so... I didn't get any averages, but I, if I like had to eyeball the average, it was about like you know five thousand words, which is just the average length of my scripts. The longest one was episode five, bovine growth hormone, at six thousand and eleven words. It was fourteen pages with no pictures, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the total of the Monsanto season is thirty-seven thousand one hundred and seventy-one oh, words, my God. ninety pages including pictures. So you can you know take that how you will, but ninety pages of content. In size 11 aerial, <laughs> like 1.15 space. 
Jeez Louise. So if anyone wants access to the, the I'm, I'm going to keep the whole pile. I've saved all the scripts from the piles and like kept it in my room just staring at it. <laughs> so You should bring it to the live show and just have yeah. it. I think I will. You should give as, it to somebody. Ooh. Raffle. Does anyone want my garbage? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's been 37,000 words on Monsanto and we didn't even cover all of it. Thank you, Christine, and thank you to Lincoln Lodge for producing this and indulging in <laughs> where the fuck this is. <laughs> I will see you all for season four probably soon. Like, it's not going to be all that long from now. Yeah. Uh, deuces. Have a good one. All right. Bye, everyone. Love you. Shout out to my homies in Charge. Yeah. Group trip. <laughs> Woo.